Greetings. So I want to talk for a little bit about the primitive and the imaginative once again, but I want to look at it from a different point of view. And that point of view would be the history of humanity, of the human race on this planet, and try to put it in perspective and see that if you could take the entire history of the human race on Earth, and it was the equivalent of a calendar from January 1st to December 31st, what I'm going to talk about right now is the situation that existed more or less from January 1st until December 26th, day after Christmas. The way things are now is the equivalent of the last five days of the year. It is really recent. And when I say it, what I'm talking about is the imaginative breaking off and no longer being connected in the way that it's always been to the primitive. And let me just explain what I mean by that. So the imaginative aspect of humanity has always been an aid to and assisting in the expansion of the complexity and growth and reproductive ability of humankind. And that ranges from everything from survival and the production of tools, escaping threats, building huts and homes, to the creation of a family structure is completely invented by the mind. It is, no matter how serious you take any of the mores of society, all of them were, are conventions. They're, they're conventions that are basically agreed upon by everybody, tacitly. They're not explicitly. No one came to you and asked you, hey, do you agree that a woman and a man should be the only people that marry and that a family is the man, women, and children? That's a family. Do you agree with that? No one asked you. You don't get to choose. Society, collective humanity makes that decision. And through... Well, life makes that decision through humanity. It's not anybody's individual choice. And it's just an expression of growth and energy. And in a particular form that we can put labels on and describe with words. So we call X and Y... Uh, a man and a woman, we call them being together with children, a family. Leaving that aside for a minute, please, I can get sidetracked very quickly. <laughs> so please, bring me back. Okay, so everything from survival and production of tools, escaping threats, the creation of families and different structures of those families, uh, governmental structures, the progress from hunter-gatherers to farmers to city-dwellers, each of those steps of progress, you could call them, uh, are uh, directly connected to the imaginative world of man expanding and growing and becoming more uh, adept. And it's, it's not that the mind and the body have ever been at odds. They haven't been. Now, there's a long debate in spirituality and religion about the sinfulness of the body. And whether it's correct or wise for somebody to uh, disregard the desires of the body because God doesn't want that. Well, even if you want to just set aside the idea of whether one believes in God or not, it's worth noting that for some reason life has wanted it so that humanity feels... Uh, that the 
the choices that it has to grow are best served by uh, rules. And rules keep people in line when they disagree, and it creates a reward system for people as an incentive to behave a certain way. Now, it wasn't some conspiracy where an evil-minded individual or group of individuals sat down and said, here's how we're going to control humanity. We're going to create a council, and we're going to create a book, and uh, we'll really have them where we want them once they all start believing in that book and the God we invent. Well... Now, then we'll really have power. It's, it's not simple like that. And the, even the conception of that kind of idea is purely an invention of the recent, that's getting back to those last five days of the calendar life of man and humanity. Uh, that's a recent invention that even such a concept is possible. You see, because the mind didn't used to have so much time to ponder these kind of things, and if I'm using the word ponder very generously, uh, jump to quick and easy conclusions that satisfy the mind in some way, usually satisfying a hostile intention, a hostile urge that's generated in the primitive side of us. You see, the imaginative has worked in unison with and in cooperation with the primitive if a group of people see a fruit in a tree, and they don't know how to get to it. We're going back a ways now. What happens? How do they ever get that fruit down? Well, the imaginative part of some of those people begin to think and consider solutions to a problem. That's what the, that's what the imaginative world does. That's what it's for. So they invent a ladder, or they invent climbing tools. They invent an extension to their sword or spear so that it can reach it. Consider the work and and required tasks of the imaginative world, say, one or two thousand years ago. That's all, not very long ago. And you're not uh, living where you are now in these circumstances, but you're living in a farm, or you're living not in a farm, but you're living in some town or village. You're living with your family out in the middle of a somewhere, and you wake up and you wish you could have some eggs that day. Well, your family doesn't have chickens. So what do you do? What do you do? Maybe the family down the road has chickens. Do you... How do you relate to them? Are you kind to them? Have you been friendly to them in the past? Do they have any reason to give you one of their eggs? If they do, maybe you have something to give them. What do you have to give them? You have to consider... Is it a fair trade? Is it worth it? How much do I want the egg compared to how much I want uh, this pillow? How much do I want a month's worth of eggs compared to my bed? I mean, I can make a bed in a month, and then I can eat chickens during that month. I can eat eggs, excuse me. Maybe maybe you have friends, and maybe you don't care about human life, and maybe you uh, are stronger than that family that owns chickens, and you go over and you, dis- and you kill them, and you... Uh, take their eggs, but guess what? You don't know how to raise chickens, and you don't know how to maintain the farm. So sure enough, eventually, the chickens die, or they just stop laying eggs. They're mistreated. They're misunderfed. You're not a farmer. Well, you had eggs for a short time, but you're not going to have eggs for a long time with that solution. This is the reason why why life uh, creates um, instruction. It's so that once people have figured out over a long enough period of time that there's a advantageous way of 
of doing things, best just to lay it down as a rule. That way people don't continue to make the same mistake. See, that's what life wants. It wants humanity to continue to overcome its mistakes and continue to expand and grow. And it's we as a race are remarkably successful. If you look at what, by any measurement, it's, it's expanding and it's expanding and growing on an incredibly fast pace. <clears throat> the poorest parts of the world are getting richer. <clears throat> the last thing I heard about the continent of Africa was that uh, the amount of uh, child poverty in the last 20 years, and this is being taped in 2019, in the last 20 years had dropped by 60%. 60%. That's just one example. It's not important. The important part that I'm trying to get to is that the imaginative part of us has always been connected to and assisted the primitive part of us. And if you want to consider the primitive as just being our body, or our body plus our family, our family plus our offspring, uh, how long we live, how comfortable we sleep, the basic needs and necessities of us to survive, because that is the most important thing, continue to get better and better and better. And the mind, or the imaginative part of us, has been there every step of the way. Now, let me fast forward to these five days that we're in now. And it's not as though I'm trying to depict an end of the world scenario here. <laughs> when the calendar ends, life doesn't end. Life doesn't end. Just remember that part. Life doesn't end. As more and more people live in a way that they don't continually need to uh, access their mind's abilities to solve problems of survival, which is the great majority now of the developed world, it has to do something. It has energy. It is energy. It wants to problem solve, but it doesn't really care for whom or what. It just wants to stay busy. So if you wonder why you, when you wake up from the, in the morning and your mind is already racing, how is this possible? I've just been in a peaceful sleep and a wonderful dream with... It's because the mind is, is now receiving a new energy now that you've opened your eyes and it's pushing it forward and it's looking for problems to solve. Well, if you don't have any survival problems, what is it to do? It's going to do something. So it attaches itself to other people. It attaches itself to whatever, uh, whatever item, in a, in a mental sense, whatever mental item generates some kind of emotional response in you. So that might be a fear. It might be a fear about uh, uh, being alone. Or it might be a fear of not having enough money to survive. Or maybe you don't fear that at all. Maybe you don't fear being homeless. That's fine. It doesn't have to be fear. See, as, as we reach these days when technology has taken an enormous leap forward so fast, humanity hasn't really processed what is going on. All it's doing is buying the new toy. And the new toys all have screens on them. And those screens are access points to a field of energy. We call it the internet, web surfing, having a website, 
having a web presence, social media, all it is is information and energy. And when you are looking at a screen and you're watching a television show or you're reading social media or you're reading a news, it does not really matter. Your mind is engaged now in what it wants. It wants to uh, uh, pull and tug and wrestle with concepts. Now, there's really three different levels. Let me just throw this in here real quick. Next time you're in a conversation, uh, tell me if this isn't true. All conversation, virtually all, can fall into one of three large categories. They are conversation about people. That is you, them, all the other people, anywhere else, it doesn't matter. Conversation about people. A conversation about an event, something that happened, or will happen, or is happening. And a conversation about ideas. They can all be lumped into one of those three. Or an overlap between the two. It's not really important. The mind, the imaginative part of us, is going to find something to discuss, debate, try to solve. Now, what if the only thing it has to work with is several hours of back and forth on a... Uh, subreddit forum or uh, a Twitter feed or a Facebook uh, page what will it do? it will find for and against it will find good and bad it will find uh, for uh, and it will take a position and and you will feel a position you will feel uh, uh, mostly uh, negative energy mostly negative energy okay mostly negative energy towards something that you're considering. And this is not assisting in survival. This is not, this is not helping you in any way. In any way. Be aware that the mental energy flowing through you you don't own it it is not you it is an expression of life burning and it is burning all throughout your frontal cortex of your brain and you perceive it you I mean that's another discussion but it is perceived as images and words and thoughts If that, if that content of what you discover yourself to be thinking or talking about or wondering about has nothing to do with actual something in reality, like uh, the thing that you're doing, let's say you're washing the dishes and your mind is thinking about uh, something that somebody said to you yesterday that was not right, I wish you, you, can, you can imagine what you should have said, you could have said, next time you see them you will say. All of this, this is your mind wasting energy. It is not doing anything productive, not for you, not for life. 
So break free of this, of this uh, attachment. And this attachment is not something that you did wrong. It's nothing that you went astray. But it is your decision, if you see it this way, to take a step in the right direction, in, in a direction away from wasting energy and falling further and further away from your primitive self. Because your primitive self has all the answers. It doesn't ever question anything. It just does. It just does. The mental world, the imaginative world, is in a constant chaotic storm, battling. But with who? With what? The entire world of it is imaginary. So try to distinguish the, the imaginary from the primitive. And the primitive is so simple. It's just what, it's just you. It's just your body. It's just the physical world that we live in. And it's a very quiet place. There are no words in the primitive. Your nature, human nature, has not changed. Despite all of this calendar year stuff that I talked about, all that has changed is the imaginative aspect. But human nature remains the same and it always will. It has a one-pointed focus. Which is why if you're ever in a tense situation, you and you try to talk about it after. It could be a fight or some kind of unusual uh, hyper-emotional moment. It could be uh, some kind of accident. It doesn't matter. But any one of those, and you know everyone has had them. If you try to talk about it after, you know you can't really describe it. Because it's not something that exists in the imaginative world. So the imaginative is struggling to define and describe it. If you try to, if someone says, what were you thinking when this happened? <clears throat> Your mind will say something. <clears throat> it will say something. It will say something that makes sense. Like, ah, I just, I just didn't know what to do, so I... Or, I don't know, all I cared about was... It gives an answer like that so that the imaginative mind of the other person <clears throat> can connect to it. <clears throat> if the answer was a simple silence and a look, the other person would be forced to address it in a primitive way as well, which is to accept it, that it does not have a description. So to circle back around, the whole point that I wanted to get to tonight was that the imaginative world of man has broken off and is actively engaged in the creation of and the expansion of a meaningless imaginative world of its own creation. Now, you exist in that world. You do. Not you. Not you primitive. You imaginative. And what do I mean by that? I mean the type of person you are, the personality that you have. When you think about yourself and <clears throat> your age... That kind of concept. Am I young? Am I old? Am I good-looking? Am I not? Am I happy? Am I not? That you, the one that answers those questions, the ones that asks those questions and has some sort of snippy response, which is what is going on in all of our heads, 
that you does exist in the imaginative world. And guess what? It's as imaginary and made up as everything else. So, if I could describe it any more clearly, it would just be to consider it Consider that humanity has been growing and expanding and reproducing all on a very uh, impressive pace for a long time. And if anything, it's speeding up in the, quote, modern era. At the same time, the imaginative world, which has played a secondary role for most times and most people in our history, a supportive role, an assisting role, is now the one in charge, or at least it's convinced itself that it is. It's convinced itself that its world, heck, is more important than the primitive world. It's far superior. It's far superior. This is the concept of, of, what, of legacy, of, of patriotism, and of <clears throat> the idea taken very seriously that there is more to us than the primitive. Well, it's true, there is. But it needs to be kept in its place and understand that that part of you is increasingly so in this era, hungry to establish its dominance Meanwhile, you still wake up, you still have hunger pains, and when you eat, you're satisfied. You still feel... <clears throat> you still feel some... Mm, unsettledness. You're feeling stir-crazy. You've got to get out of the house, you've got to move. So you go to the gym, or you go running, or you go walking. You just move around. That movement, that physical movement, is a primitive solution to a primitive problem. And sure enough, guess what? It works. Which is why so many people are struggling with depression today and looking for a solution in a pill or in a drug. And I have to tell you, those are not wrong, they're not evil. They're just not really helping you. They're not really helping you. All you need to do the next time you're feeling a little down is put on your best tennis shoes or running shoes and make yourself go run for five minutes. Just five minutes. Just go run. Until you get a sweat going. <clears throat> and then come back home. Have some water. And then check in with yourself a few hours later. See if that problem hasn't uh, changed. So what am I saying with that? I thought being down or uh, having a large conception of yourself and all of these personality traits and being depressed, that that's a part of the imaginative world. No, no, the explanations connected to it are. But the root of it is, it's in your blood, it's in your hormones, it's in your genetics. All you need to do is move, run around. It will help. The imaginative world has problems, and it offers solutions, but those solutions do not satisfy. 
For example, uh, political parties. One political party's in power. Everybody on the other political party spends, in this country, four years or eight years complaining about it. That's a mental exercise. It's, a, it's, a, it's an imaginative hobby. Talking about it with other like-minded people, imagining, there you go, the day when that person is no longer in charge, and rallying for the next election. And then the uh, election comes and, the other, and your party wins. And you're happy. There's no denying it. How long does that happiness last? How long does that satisfaction last before what's next? Continuing to be hostile and angry at the minority party? Beginning to find problems with your own party? You can say, well, oh, hey, you know, sir, there's nothing wrong with that. This is, uh, this is, this is just people um, learning through trial and error what uh, they really think. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what's going on. <clears throat> the imaginative world has, uh, has now more or less taken over the attention and the consciousness of more and more people and more and more of their day, more and more of their mental energy. So I'm not asking you to stop anything, and I'm not asking you to throw away your television or your computer. That's not, that's not the answer. Speaking of answers, answers are an imaginative concept. So let's jump away from that for a moment and just understand the oneness of everything. And the oneness of, 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 of the universe, the oneness of all of life. And all the differentiations that we make within it. And that includes this one, between the primitive and the imaginative. Do not exist, okay? They don't. There's just this one thing that if you can experience it, it's what people mean when they say live in the moment. If you can experience it free of distraction, then that's enlightenment and that's truth. So, you know, more power to you to go for it. But as long as we're going to talk about it and I'm, going to, I'm sitting here talking on and on and on uh, about the, uh, I guess, the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the waste of time of the imaginative world and all I'm doing is sitting here moving my mouth and contributing to the jumble of traffic in the imaginary world. So, I mean, I'm as much to blame. But the only reason I'm doing this is, is in the hopes that someone like you will hear this and stay long enough and consider it enough with um, the, right, the right authentic attention that you get something positive from it. And the thing that I hope you get from this tonight is to put a check, put a, put a, <laughs> understand it for what it is. If you don't take it seriously, okay, and that's the key, if you don't take it seriously, the imaginative world is a great deal of fun. It's all it is, is fun. There's nothing to take seriously in it. A knife to your throat, that you take seriously. A famine when no one can get food, that you take seriously. A sickness that puts you in the hospital or an injury to someone you love. Take it seriously. That is serious because it's primitive and you can feel it in your gut. You don't even have to talk about it. It hurts. Or the joy you feel at different events in your life, at different moments 
looking at the sun just one particular way one day and you feel the warmth on your face and it makes you pleased. <clears throat> Fantastic. The imaginative world is something that you will either understand and enjoy or it will it will absolutely capture you and you won't know who you are anymore as if you ever did. Life is a journey of feeling lost from one moment to the next and you don't know where to turn for answers, especially today when the number of true wise people uh, is, I don't know, I've been looking for one for a while. You have to figure this out. And that's all I'm trying to do is help in that. So figure it out. Think about it. And think about what thinking is. Think about what the imaginative world is and what its purpose is and what it's always done. So put it in its place. Keep it in check. That's why I use that word. Keep it in check. And understand that on a day-to-day basis... There's nothing on that world, in that world, that you have to take seriously. Do the thing you're doing right in front of you. Find enjoyment in the primitive. Find enjoyment in the, in the imaginative. And don't take it seriously. All right. Till next time. <laughs>